shut up and piss off, dear listener. This is the 3T RPG podcast, and my name is Evil Harrison. And with me is Evil Nick. <laughs> and of course, really bad boy James. I. This is a podcast all about tabletop RPGs, and today we're going to be talking about running an evil campaign. We will, of course, have all our other usual features such as news punch and what you've been slaying, and we'll finish up with some evil listener questions. <laughs> but the main subject today, we're going to be talking about uh, we're going to be talking about running evil campaigns. I mean, you've seen the title of the podcast. I don't need to tell you that. So let's do some new. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the news. All right, yeah, but shut up. All right, don't be evil. Sorry, sorry. All right, I'm going to bring good Harrison back for a little while. Then when we get to the main subject, I'm going evil again. Yeah, fair enough. So uh, TSR comes back, then TSR goes away. <laughs> we. That's the headline. <laughs> so TSR Games, right? Tactical Supplements Rules, I think it stood for. Uh, it's the original company responsible for D&D, and it went under... In 1999, with $30 million of debt. And obviously, it was purchased by Wizards of the Coast in 2000. Since then, Wizards of the Coast has been purchased by Hasbro, and we've been under the corporate hellscape of the Hasbro Corporation ever since. But what if I told you that TSR was coming back, lads? And maybe we'd see a return to the the golden age, where weird experimental games were coming out of Gary Gygax's brain mind. That would be quite nice. I'd say, yeah. What if I also told you that TSR already did come back once, and uh, so technically this is the third coming of the comeback. Don't call it a comeback. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But let me explain. So TSR have been out of action since 2000, but obviously in 2012, a bloke called Jason Elliott started running Gygax magazine and published it under the TSR name. Well, recently, the TSR brand name was momentarily up for grabs, and Gygax's son, Ernie, grabbed it before announcing he'd be making products under the TSR name. And he also started calling himself Gary Gygax Jr., which isn't his name. But he's obviously trying to capitalise on it, right? So, now, there are two TSRs. There's the one that published the Gygax magazine, and the one that Ernie Gygax made. Now, obviously, you can't have two, two TSRs, right? Because then we're just in bizarro land, right? That's just things don't no. work that way, no. you know? Nah, nah. So, uh, yeah, one of them was going to have to back down. Unfortunately, Ernie Gygax made that very, very easy for the other TSR. And his first act of the, as the new owner of TSR, Ernie threatened legal action against the OSR community, made public statements that he doesn't care about gender politics, and has been arguing with people on Twitter. (laughs) So the other TSR has now rebranded to Solarian Games to distance themselves from Ernie Gygax. Now, it should be mentioned that the Twitter part of this debacle is actually really difficult to dissect, because... The offending tweets all got deleted, right? But a few survived where Luke Gygax, Ernie's brother, was talking smack against the new TSR, saying that it was a shameless cash grab based on their father's name, and claiming that Ernie stole the logo and many old intellectual properties for this new company. And what's great is that Ernie responded on Twitter from the TSR account and simply said, said Stop making stuff up, Luke. You never were part of TSR. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So when we first heard this news, we were kind of excited, but now, right, what it's turned into is two brothers feuding on Twitter and Ernie doing a shameless cash grab and saying, you know, 
it's devolved sort of into lunacy. Right, exactly. So the good news is is that the new TSR, but run by Ernie Gygax, has hired a new PR manager, and that probably explains why all the tweets got got deleted. <laughs> that was his first one, yeah, first thing to do. Right, yeah. get rid of that. Well, exactly. Shit. <laughs> it's funny because the old PR manager that they had, he was, if I recall correctly, a politician. And who who was once caught up in a scandal because he made women wrestle in a tub of grits. Oh wow! Right. Okay. Okay. So, when we heard the news that TSR coming were coming back, did either of you expect that we'd have grits wrestling man and a family feud happening on Twitter? No, I just thought we might get some nice products. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought what they might do is sort of bring back some out of print things, stuff like this. Yeah. But it turns out that a lot of the sort of stuff has changed hands over the years. I mean, different people own it, things like this, and probably Wizards of the Coast, you know. So what we're getting, actually, is some of the project, projects from the, you know, the 80s and 90s that were never finished, and now they're going to be finished. But it's ones that people have long since stopped caring about. So yeah. um, that is the new TSR. That is what Gygax's legacy is going to be. Um, he did all this work, got into three hundred million dollars of debt, died, and now his son is dragging his name through the muck. Total shambles, rambles. Yeah, yeah. Real, real shame. Real shame. Because I thought maybe they'd come out with you know like new, like like the the, the new version of D and D. Yeah, rethinking know. old shit. You know what I mean? Like giving it a new, you know, new age kind of stuff, or bringing back old classics. Yeah. Or, like, you know, or taking the, the company in the direction it would have gone in. <laughs> yeah, or actually acting like a business. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And that is it, really. That's TSR in a nutshell nowadays. I mean, I don't imagine they'll do very well or it'll last very long, but hopefully only will get the uh, little bit of pocket money he's been after. The other big news for today is the trove is down. Oh, no. Now, I just want to say. Everything I'm about to say, Nick, that that <laughs> summarises my thoughts too. But I just want to say, everything I'm about to say is I'm playing a character and uh, it's uh, definitely not my true opinions. Educational purposes only. Exactly. So the Trove, uh, for those that don't know, was the internet's biggest piracy site for RPGs and contained, I don't know, like oh. tens of thousands of books. It was, it was quite the back um, catalogue. Now, here's the thing, right? I, I have used the Trove. And remember what I just said before the disclaimer. I have used the Trove. I, as listeners may know, don't really fuck with PDFs because I, I, I can't. It gives me a headache to read them on a screen, right? So, But what I do use PDFs for is printing out pages from books I already own. And I personally believe that if you have the physical book and you bought it, you know, new from a shop that you should be able to have the PDF as well for those purposes. Absolutely. But in the past, whenever I have needed a page from a book, I often ask the publisher, and if they tell me no, I'll pirate it. And I know that legally, right, it doesn't, you're not entitled to the PDF just because you bought the, the book, even if you bought it direct from the publisher. But you're However, just, you're just cutting out the, 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 um, the process of scanning it yourself. That's all it is, right? And I believe that you should be entitled to the PDF for when you have the book, so so I'm going to do that. Yeah. You know, Barack Obama, be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think that's... And also, like, 
if you have real confidence in your product, uh, some of my favourite games that I've ever looked at, I've had a quick cheeky look on the trove to see if I like the look of it, then yeah. bought the physical edition. Try, be- try before you buy. Um, I don't know if I agree with this whole thing that, that um, piracy hurts sales, because it's actually found, at least in video games, that m- more often than not, the people that have pirated the game were never going to buy it to begin with. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, you know, Nick, you and I have made products. We've made some bigger ones, some smaller ones. If somebody doesn't have the money to buy it and they and it's on the trove, I would be more than happy for them to to pirate it because yeah. you're not, they're not going to buy it anyway. Yeah. They don't have the money or they don't have the inclination to buy it. So, fuck it. Get it. Yeah, but if you it. feel Use like it. paying for it, Thank do you. it. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <sighs> Finny fin- I mean, used to do that, didn't they, which was quite nice. Um, oh, God, where was that? Um, game store that we went all the way up to. Um, oh, Leisure Games. Leisure Games. So Leisure Games often will, you'll buy the book and then you'll get the free PDF, which is nice. Yeah, they just, you know, give it to you as a free download. Yeah. And I mean, a good example is Lion and Dragon. I played this, uh, it's a medieval role-playing game, an OSR one, and I ran a session of it for you guys once and all I wanted was the fucking map of London that was in the book and I didn't want to have to try and scan it. And I asked the publisher, they said no. I asked the author, he said no. And so... You asked the Trove. You the know. rest is history. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <coughs> so I asked my boys at the Trove. But now that's down, and actually it's a very, very handy, handy resource. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously people were using it for illicit reasons and, and things like this. And the, t- the topic of piracy is like a really, really contentious one. Uh, however, I'm not anti-piracy, and I'm not even anti-piracy if you want to pirate things I've done. So I think yeah, that's it. So, um, but yeah, yeah there's, that's a helpful resource down, and uh, um, I think it's, it's really annoying. It is very annoying actually, and it's, it's sort of um, especially if you want to run an online game and you want to like cut and paste some bits into you know, let's say Roll Twenty or Fantasy Grounds, you know, and 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 rather than now, if you if you only got the physical copy, all you can do is sit there and freaking hand type it. Uh, yeah, and let's be honest as well. Like some of the companies for the PDF are charging oh, stupid mental. amounts. I mean, thirty pound for a PDF—that's a bit shameless, isn't it? Yeah, that is shameless. Because, uh, like, one I uh, downloaded before um, was the Barrow Maze. Right, I bought the physical book, and it's not fucking cheap. That was a fifty-pound adventure, mm. right? A big adventure, but a fifty-pound money. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, it doesn't come with a PDF so you know I asked the publisher I was like look I bought this physical one and I, ju- I just want to have you know high quality versions of the maps please thank you um, and they said no and they were charging £40 for the PDF so it's like suck a fat bag of dicks <laughs> yeah I think we'll, we'll, we'll that's basically all there is to say on it but it is down and uh, we'll keep an eye on it see if it comes back up um and yeah, just bear in mind that everything I just said then is not my real opinion. And no. of course, I've never pirated. No, we completely made all that up. Yeah, it was a joke. It was a sketch. Yes. I don't even know what the trade <laughs> It was a skit. I don't even know what the was, trade um, was. We were rehearsing for a play where we play pirates who we hate. Arr, <laughs> oh, de- oh, no, it's Partario. He's back. Yeah, it's Partario. Oh, God. Back. <laughs> oh, he downloaded the Barrow Maze. It's funny because the Partario character was literally just invented so that I could say my real opinions um, <laughs> and get away with it. I'm like, it's not me, man. That guy just came in here. <laughs> just spouts off and leaves. Yeah. Great guy. Great guy. Mm-hmm. Should Lucky. we discuss what we've been playing, slaying? Yes, please. And <laughs> <laughs> one of these. Oi, yeah? What you slaying? All right, bitches. 
be ready, right? Because we've been playing. I don't know why I'm I'm like this today. Um, so Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles RPG. Um, we well, it's actually called Mutant Hero Beasts because we're not necessarily turtles, and it's also not the RPG. We're playing a Savage Worlds version of it. But yeah, currently my brother's running a Mutant Hero Beasts game, so it's sort of a uh, martial arts inspired. Um, TMNT inspired thing where we're playing mutant animals. We've got Scoter, James's character, who's a surf Scoter duck. Um, I am Albert Einswein, weird scientist pig. Um, yeah, it's, it, we've got Bear Grills. He's a bear, but he's got the, the grills like a rapper. <laughs> so yeah, we've got a base in the sewers. We've got a raccoon boss, and we're crime fighting mutant animals, right? And uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun because what it is is that we at the moment we've we've investigated these. Uh, there was a um, group of people wearing pig masks that attacked a school, yeah. and we're trying to figure out where they got military grade equipment, what link they have to this company called Ultron, who um, whose passes the military guys had on them. And uh, yeah, last session we went, we did a recon mission into the military uh, local military base. Just to get information, we weren't killing anyone, we just wanted to get in there and see if there were any transactions being made between the Ultron Corporation and the military, right? See if that they're buying the weapons off them. And so, uh, yeah, we sort of, we, we well, we robbed uh, a, a uh, army surplus store for uniforms, <laughs> yeah. and but by one, me faking a seizure, then a couple of the other players trying to like go round the back. <laughs> nice. And I was just dancing out front. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, James was just dancing out front with a bike helmet on his head to disguise the fact that he's a duck and a crab on top of the helmet. Oh, he just wanted to crab create friend. A, yeah, he wanted to create like a weird image so that the proprietor would be like, what the fuck is going on there? And he's just bobbing <laughs> up and down with a crab on top of his yeah. head. <laughs> nice. It was very funny. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so we got the uniforms, we stormed the base, we kind of, I can't remember how we, oh yeah, we got dropped in. So the one character that can fly kind of flew us onto the top of the buildings in the military base while well, I created a distraction because I'm using the weird scientist edge, Nick. So nice, what it is, yep. if, for people that don't know, they basically powers, but how they manifest is scientific gadgets. Each one of them has their own pool of mana or PowerPoints. And uh, yeah, but as my level up, all I've ever done, I've picked new gadget every single time. And I've Excellent. got, um, I've got a, a, a gun called the New Zoo Dude Dupe. And, new um, Zoo Dupe? You're... It's the new dude yeah, the... dupe. So it, oh, okay. it duplicates dudes and it's it's the summon ally power. But what it does is it squirts <laughs> out a blob of flubber that then forms into, um, at the moment I can only summon sort of army men and security types, right? <laughs> but we summoned like an Iraqi soldier and sent nice. him running towards the military base screaming. Oh my and, um, God. <laughs> yeah, so then that created a distraction while we all got like dropped onto the onto the roof. I thought this was a pretty cool move. I don't mean to blow my own trumpet, but all I did is I slammed through a vent into one of the meeting rooms and and pretended like I was their boss. And I'm like, tuck your shirt in, soldier. Um, you know, stand up straight when you're talking to a superior and stuff like this. Yeah. And I'm um, trying to freak them and the he fucking, out. He, and he uh, aced his role. That's for sure. Nice. Uh, but yeah, my brother, who's the GM, he was like, okay, that's going to be a minus four, right? Because you've just come in, pretended you own the place. You got a 15 overall. It really with worked. The, and nice then I was just the like, oh, I just went up, grabbed a computer and went, all right, maggots, stay ship shape. And then just went back out the hole yeah. I made in the roof. <laughs> nice. But obviously it's Sean's campaign. So even though it was a recon mission and that was very ballsy of Harrison's character to do, um, because he'd gotten away of it, we were like, sweet, this is amazing. We've done it. And then it's like, right, now we have to escape. 
And I've, I'm not sure if I've ever had a more difficult um, experience in trying to escape from somewhere. The trouble is, though, James, what, oh what happened was is that I was in one building and the other three were going down into another building, a detention centre, where they actually stole passes, uniforms, guns from some guards, right? But the way they went about it was so fucking convoluted. <laughs> it, no, it wasn't actually, really, but it came, became convoluted because two of them went down in the vents to sneak down and then the final guy that went down is obese. He's Bear grills. He's a bear. He's huge, right? And so he, he got stuck in it. He got stuck in it. So cue firefight with these guys stuck in a, a vent. Security guards just shooting randomly up at the vent trying to get them. These two trapped in there because the bear's blocking the way. And it took it took ages for them to get out. And it was just such a clusterfuck. Oh, man. Um, it was. But a beautiful one. A beautiful one at that. And uh, that is essentially the game. I mean, the very last thing that happened, Nick, was I got the computer back to the sewers. Yeah. Plugged it into no, our you know, <laughs> command center. Yeah. And it, it was just like, ugh, I, I was like rolling wrong and then crit fail. Oh, and then, no. so I spilled coffee on the computer, but somebody but, spent a Benny to influence the to story. Inf- yes. Yeah. And dived in front of the coffee. And Sean allowed yeah. it, right? And I'm like, all right, I'm going to get back to doing my research rolls. Roll computing, crit, crit fail again. No, <laughs> fuck yeah. Yeah, so Sean, Sean, thankfully, his 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 mind was on point that night. He brilliantly turned it around and said, "Right, firstly, you find out everything you want to know, but they know exactly where you are now." Oh, and yeah. He's just like, "Oh my god!" Fair, so we, good. one of the players at the table, uh, James T, he was like, he said, um, oh, "Do we have like a self destruct button set up?" And we were like, "Yeah, we do. We just push everything into the water in the sewers." <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, uh, basically, enough. just we just sort of scooped it into the water, and that, and then that was that. The rest is history. We're moving on to a new base now. We're just gonna, oh, we're, no. we're going to the yeah. sewers downtown, and Sean says there's like gang activity down in those sewers. So, <laughs> yeah, so we're just walking. We're, I love Sean's campaign. He's just start uh, just walk into uh, fucking battles every day. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, and yeah. the thing about Sean is like, uh, to, to uh, obviously he's my brother, and I like him, but he is very weird. Like that's like a him. fact. <laughs> I like him. He's all right, but he is very weird, He's and his lot. campaigns have, have such a unique feel to them, and especially because you always get attacked by animals, right? And then they kill you. That's just a thing that always oh, yeah. seems to happen. That's just yeah. That's just the thing. So yeah. like you're playing Call of Cthulhu, and you get attacked by mountain lions. I mean, it, yeah. But like, um, in this particular campaign, obviously we're playing mutant animals. As far as we know, we're uh, there's only ones. A sm- yeah, all and some of the enemies as well have been mutant animals. But um, yeah, we got attacked by mo- m- mooses, meese, moose, mutant mooses. No, but they weren't even mutants; they were just normal m- mooses. So moose. Yeah. Oh. So they, we, we, we had to go through the forest, and then they fucking tried to stampede us. Yeah, we got to never t- go through the forest in Sean's game. Well, we we actually Rule said that one. at the time. Yeah, no. we actually said that at the time. But it was like um, we were like, but we don't really have a choice. It's the only cover we have going up to the military base. So you know, we people were shooting them from trees. I was blasting my heat ray, like loads of things like this. And then we had yeah. a good barbecue by the end of it. It was fucking great. Oh, yeah, yeah, because I killed them with we the heat ray. No Nick. fatigue points as yeah, a result. We, just, <laughs> we, had, we had to a nice big like four moose just like to eat right there. So it was fucking. The thing good. that I find the funniest about Sean's. <laughs> Um, campaign and GMing is that um, he obviously thinks it's going to play out in a certain way but like cinematically a really long drawn out session where it's a lot of combat and then there's a lot of back and forth ultimately we as the players will succeed and that's cool but when we just absolutely like ace it in like half an hour as opposed to three hours he sits there as a <laughs> 
with his face in his hand and he's just like oh yeah no that's really good though but oh well, but he he every single oh, scenario boy. he put up in front of us nick we smashed it we that's just the thing we just destroyed it and i was rolling so well throughout the entire night i don't think i failed a single roll right up until the end when yeah, i crit failed when you the double, two most double important crit failed. Ones. yeah <laughs> oh, <mate>. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty good um we did have uh nick you did attend for a session over the phone cuz yeah. listeners may not know that nick has moved um, to... He's moved right up north in the deep valleys. Right up north, mate. Right yeah. up the north. So, unfortunately, right Nick north. couldn't attend. And we did try to... Uh, the reason I'm mentioning this is because we tried to have you on a phone at the table. But my brother, he's not mm. the most descriptive GM. He's very much into his props and minis and things like this. So, it, uh, um, he said for him, you know, didn't it wasn't really working out. But we said to Nick, like, with your current character... When it, you could be a character that comes back whenever you can come down to make it, you can be this yeah. character that comes in. A bit like That's it. Um, Ace from TMNT. But I just wanted to ask, because the listeners, if you know of any good way to have somebody come in digitally so that it, it works, just yeah. can you let us know? Let us know. Let us know. But, um, let's talk about your campaign, Nick, because you're running us through a monthly campaign, campaign of uh, Necropolis campaign. 2350. And we played the first session yes. last night, and it was a belter. Tell me about it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, so we play. So we play in um, Necropolis. Uh, for those that don't know it, it it's basically Savage Worlds. Um, but well, it's not. It's not a clone, is it? It's a kind of a it's love a, letter to Warhammer, if you like. Yeah, it's a bit Warhammer, big Gears of War, but without the, the baggage that kind of comes with Warhammer Forty K. So it's it's in yeah. you know like it's it's simpler. I think, anyway, from for playing one session of it, but I actually, mm. it has a very, it basically emulates the feel of 40k, like a lot. There you go. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, it's set on another planet. Humanity's on it in its, you know, in its, in its final last stand against, uh, you know, an alien force. Uh, we're on a planet, a, a different planet to Earth. Earth, something happened to Earth a long time ago, and um, yeah, it's just, uh, just basically big space knights, religious nutters uh, in giant armor uh, fighting uh, heathens and monsters. Yeah, so it's kind awesome. of gone back to like medieval Catholicism, and we, yeah. the army is called the Third Reformation Church, right? So mm-hmm. you have, uh, from what I can tell, there's this kind of military structure where everyone underneath the Grand Master is a sergeant, but the most coveted position is a knight, and then yeah. you have chaplains as well who are like scribes healers um and also psychologists psychologists yeah. healers like your religious man really. remind of the faith yeah exactly and there's different chapters within the church so you might have like the you know the the the, the tank guys or the um and they've all got uh, like really complicated um, uh, latin names so like yeah there's a flamethrower guy it's like the Ordo of the Sancrity Flamulae. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, But we've got exactly. the, the team as it stands, right? So the, the mission last night was that there was a base away from uh, Mary Saviour, which is our main base, a uh, base called Dominus. And we had to get there because the signal has gone dark and some of the best um, knights, or uh, one of the best knights, happens to come from there. And mm-hmm. so uh, the current team is we've got a, a knight, so he's our boss. And then underneath him, yeah. I am a chaplain, so I'm the priest healer type. And then we've got... Hey, chap. My, yeah, chap. They keep calling me, but... <laughs> Sean, uh, my brother, he's playing a... Um, Donny. 
yeah, he's playing Donny Nova, part of the uh, Novi um, sector, which is the vehicle people. So he's a yep. he's a tank driver, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, it, yeah. what was cool about last night's session was that right at the beginning, because this is kind of skirmishy type game, it's a lot about battles, controlling t- troops, things like this. Nick said, all right, you can uh, recruit people for the mission. And so the knight goes off, he recruits five sergeants that now work underneath him. I went off, I got myself yeah. a page boy to, you know, hold my book <laughs> when I'm doing spells, things like yeah. this. Um, and Sean went off and just spoke to his old tank buddies from like when he was, you know, coming up in the order. And so we yep. ended up with like, like, oh, and his brother as well, yeah, Marky, and his brother. So what was funny is because I thought Nick, what you what you were after really was how do you recruit five non-named PCs that you can use in bat uh, that you can use in battle, right? And um, yep. but Sean was like, I got to my mate Walter, right? And John and John's there and Steve. And I'm like, you're giving Nick so many names to have to remember here. So I actually made a note of it and it ended up with us, yeah. you know, all these people packed into a tank and we had Sean's character's brother running alongside. He's the oiler. So he uh, the tanks are so old and battered that you need to keep them constantly under under a lot of maintenance so he was like running yeah. outside the tank oiling it like mm-hmm. a mad max style. that's brilliant that so fun yeah yeah and then they got attacked by a bunch of like scrap monkeys um but basically just like wasteland folk that come out the ground and stuff and were trying to rip metal off the tank and they were like you had like chap <laughs> preaching from the top hatches <laughs> like um james J- uh, james's uh, senior knight characters just like knocking these dudes off of the tank and stuff um so that was right fun. and and, and- you know, the tank is our biggest asset, so we, we're trying to make sure that it doesn't get damaged. And it's got, like, real heavy kind of gun damage vibes to it, James, because it's kind of like we're all part of this tank crew, and it's, like, it's mm. very, very, very cool. Um, but the um, the funniest thing was is that at one point, uh, the knight, who's our boss, he runs out, and we see this thing called a dark generator, right? And we see some changeling Rephaim. So the alien race are called the Rephaim, and they're like... Uh, I don't know. I don't know much about them at the moment, but they're basically the enemy. like, and the enemy. And we saw them. They were cloaking themselves, trying to look like they belonged to us. But we figured out that they weren't us, and this dark generator was powering them. Mm-hmm. So the knight jumps out the fucking tank and goes, "Right, I'm going to lash some of my filament grenades to the dark generator." <laughs> he drops one. The pin comes out, and then. Um, my character, he just goes, Jesus will be my armor. And because he is supposed to protect the tank and protect the people, right? That's his job. I dove onto the grenades and got exploded by them. Yep. The reason that I did it was because I thought I'm trying to play him as if he really does think Jesus will save him and that he really needs to protect the other people. So I, d- I jumped on them in the hopes that my quite heavy armor would stop the explosions and I ended up with only one wound and shaken and I soaked the wound so he jumps on yeah. this grenade gets Shut blasted up. back up yep. back up onto his feet and he's like Jesus saves and he's yeah it's always fucking brilliant oh, man yeah beast mate That's yeah fucking it was amazing. really really because well cool. I thought if it if it goes wrong it'll be funny but if it goes right then the uh, then you're a fucking legend yes yeah and and the people on the team will start believing that i really do have that power yeah do you know what yeah I mean? yeah totally it was yeah. brilliant and then we had the um we had a i think we had one more crit foul where uh, the gun turret basically imploded uh where the projectile didn't get out properly so we had to repair the tank um our tank that we've got is pretty cool it's called a judea medium tank yeah. and it's like the it does lob shots, James. So we can basically fire <laughs> oh, nice. upwards over stuff. And we were t- it, Sean was trying to fire the tank over at the dark generator, fucked it, and then the turret exploded. <laughs> so it was like our main thing was off. But then 
a couple of these um, changelings jumped into the back of the tank and uh, Sean got out his uh, what, do, what do they call it it was a molecular, molecular sword molecular sword yeah and it's like oh, this nice. vibrating like energy, energy sword. blade thing yeah and he was just chopping people up we had the knight and his soldiers like running through the thing I was fucking slinging off spells on top of the uh, on top of the tank it yep. was yep. fucking awesome <laughs> well I heard some really feedback um, whilst Nick had some mic uh, troubles during the beginning of this episode me and Harrison were chatting mm. on discord and he fed back, uh, James Tomasson is a heinous lover of uh, Warhammer 40k. And then apparently he was being so like seductively gross because he was so excited about the, I have never the, seen somebody more game. excited for a game. But that's what you yeah. want, isn't it, really, from a player? Yeah, totally, mate. Totally. He, and I'm glad he, I'm glad he glab, uh, grabbed the senior knight role because obviously he's got quite a lot of, you know, he knows that kind it, of... Yeah. yeah. And as a military game, I think you need a little bit of a, a leader in there. But I've never yeah. played something like this, and I think it's so fucking good. Oh, but yeah, I'm that, really enjoying that it. particular player, the guy who's playing the night deal listener, last night he just went, "I'm getting so wet right now." <laughs> he, he loved it. So I've never seen such enthusiasm. But fuck it, I mean that's that's what you want. I mean, because we actually, I, I've got to be honest, we did actually take it semi seriously. Like obviously there were laughs in it. But because the, every single character in Necropolis starts with the Val hindrance, mm. right? So it means oh, that... nice, nice. And it's major, right? So uh, I've got, um, you know, I respect the leader and the Grand Master as well. So it's like every time they say something, you kind of have to be like, yes, sir, by the name of yeah. Jesus Christ, it will be done. Uh, That's yeah. fucking awesome. That's so good. It's it's really interesting because we've not played like a heavy military game before, and I was a bit I was a bit nervous how it would all pan out. But it's actually brilliant because you can still do a lot of good role play in there as well. But everything's kind of like yeah, like you said, there's no greed or anything because they. Like, I think there was a bit where Sean was talking about keeping a bit of money, and oh, it's yeah. like obviously they've taken a vow of poverty, chastity, uh, piety, Humility, and yeah, like else. And um, it, yeah, I, I think I think it worked out really well. I mean, in, I guess in a military campaign, a lot of the role playing comes through what your characters do rather than what they say. But we had some mm -hmm. really cool like interludes where we were sharing yeah, stories yeah. and stuff like in the tank while we were sort of going along. Um, a yeah. mass. Time oh, yeah, for I, mass. I did a really. Um, we saved a bunch of prisoners, James, and I was like, I'm going to give them the one tool they need to get back to uh, um, Mary's savior, and I was like. I'm going to give them a mass. And the whole game, James, I had a fucking, I had a random Bible verse generator up on, on Google Chrome. But the cool thing was, yes. is you can search by keyword, right? So whenever I was killing somebody, I clicked evil and it would come up and it would be like, God hath no mercy for the evil and things like this. And I was just, <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah. Well, great game. Really Nicopolis 2350. You. If you can, if you can pick it up, listeners, um, it's, I think it's out of print, but it is fucking good. It's very good. Triple Ace games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, lastly, obviously, we played the Morkborg actual play. We won't go too much into yes. depth because just listen to it. Um, however, good, good, good fucking session. I mean, it was revolving around a uh, fighting tournament in Galgenbeck. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it, but these guys, I mean, it's shorter because these guys were fucking ace in everything. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've done pretty well. It's a good session. Still enjoying the game as well. We've probably got Loving two it. more episodes of that AP to come, but yeah, they're good. Yep. It's, it's a good game. Go and listen to that. Oh, right. so much fun. Yeah, check it out. Missed check it. it out. Missed it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, totally missed doing that. Well, it's fun you know, getting back what? into it as well because we, we kind of just really slipped straight back into the characters yeah. even though we were away totally. for like a year. It was just... Yeah. Yeah, it was like, it was like uh, nothing had happened in that realm, really. Mm, it was My brilliant. Lord. My lord. Just entered. <laughs> Wait, that picture that someone posted of Torn was spot on. 
Oh yeah, it's like this because uh, Nick's character is like this diseased drug dealer, and like the picture was kind of like it was just yeah. I mean, it was just it's this perfect. old. It was like an Igor type. Yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. Exactly um, that. But Nailed that's it, it for what we've been uh, what we've been slaying this time. Shall we do Ooh. some uh, main subject? <laughs> yes, we fucking should. Let's get evil. Main subject magic. Main subject Tokyo. Main subject. So everyone who has ever run a game has fallen victim to the chaotic, stupid moron who just does what he wants, claiming that their character is evil, so they do whatever they want. But anyone with writing experience will tell you that making a compelling villain in any story is about moral complexity, a trait not often associated with player characters. So how can you run an evil campaign where the evil PCs are morally complex, interesting, and not simply murder hobos who kill anyone if it means a free gold piece? Well, today we're going to discuss just that. Having run many evil one-shots, three evil campaigns, and had many actually decent evil characters in my heroic campaigns, I think I can offer some decent advice, and as my loyal colleague Nick Lamley, who has run games for the biggest group of morons this side <laughs> of Evilton, um, yeah, I think, you know, you can chime in too, and James, you know, you've been you've been there while, while people have played evil characters, and uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're going to discuss. It's going to be an informal discussion, all right? I'm saying yeah. we're smoking pipes, you know. Yep. We're chilling. We've got a coffee. It's like this is this. It's informal. We're in the lounge. We're in the lounge. The lounge. <laughs> the lounge. We're in the lounge today. It's so weird because I'm not in a lounge and I've got the shittest recording setup I think I've ever had because <laughs> I'm in my baby's room, right, where there's still a lot of stuff yet to be unboxed or put up on the walls and stuff like this and yesterday i was doing a hypnobirthing session don't ask and um <laughs> ended up um like setting up my computer really hastily so it's in the middle of the floor all these wires coming out of the room i'm surrounded oh by fucking baby shit it's like right yeah. my setup <laughs> I, I saw one on reddit, on reddit once it was like rate my gaming setup and it was an empty room with a game boy in the middle of the floor <laughs> nice Aww. that's that's the sort of thing i'm rocking at the moment that's my oh, rig yeah. oh yeah so, um, yeah, I mean, evil campaigns. I, I think there's. we've also asked you guys in the Electro Letters uh, segment for what you think as well. But for now, let's let's talk about what, how we run evil campaigns. And first of all, I wanted to... Well, I mean, let's discuss the Morkborg one. Because that's an evil campaign that you, the listener, hopefully have been present for. And it's too... The world is ending, but the players aren't motivated to save it. The players, uh, the player characters are motivated to get revenge on the people that killed them as they got resurrected by uh, necromancy. Mm. And well, I think that there's two, two types of evilness that are currently uh, really apparent in that campaign. Mm. There's, there's two, two of them. The first one being uh, the descriptive nature. It's inherently evil because of, well, the setting and everything and the way it's been described, you know, always, always like dark, damp and like grotesque and proper sort of, well, just black metal horror. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Stuff. yeah. Um, but then, yeah, the evil nature of our characters, because we are just stricken with revenge. We just want it. Mm. We seek it. And we're... Yeah, because like the actual setting itself kind of it kind of encourages evil i know what you mean because it's like it, it, 
if you're playing an evil character, often a lot of the descriptions are really important. Like, how do you kill the guy? You don't you do not do it honourably. You cut mm. his ears off or, you, <laughs> yeah. you know, wh- whatever. And yeah, you're right. And, and yeah, it's like also what the characters are doing. But the thing is, at the moment, right, there is actually a certain level of morality. It's low, let's be honest, but to your two characters. Because <laughs> there's sort of certain things where... If you respect somebody, for example, when you the, there was a character that you'd met before, and when you killed her eventually in a fight, and but respected her, you actually did say sorry. There is there is like some morals there, and you don't yeah. kill everyone straight away, especially if they're useful to you. There's well, that's it, it. Like, like, we're not evil for the sake of being evil. The drive is there, but then the, yeah, the drive is revenge. So yes. uh, unless you're against us. Uh, then you potentially could be with us. Yeah, <laughs> very, very good point. And that I think is because the thing is, right? Nobody sees their character, or nobody sees themselves in real life as evil, right? Even the most evil people ever, like Hitler, for example, thought he was doing the world a favor. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, when it comes down to it, nobody just goes around killing for the fun of it. Or if they do, they probably mentally deranged. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like with your characters, there's a mission. That's what the mission, you're going to do a lot of bad things to get there, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're always going to do the worst, most heinous thing in any situation. Exactly. Which is often how people see evil. Do you know what I mean? The good thing is, is that you two have a very, very good chemistry together. And there's, we didn't say, oh, let's make it morally complex. I didn't lay anything out. It just happened to be that way where... Mm. The story was that way, and you guys ended up focusing on the mission. You, co- I, I, it could have gone the other way. It could have been you guys just killing anyone that gets in your path. But actually, you've treated a couple of people—not many, but a couple of people—with respect. Yeah. And you've you've also um, only really done things for the mission. Mm-hmm. Let me put it put it this way: the last session with this tournament, the guy had he he was in possession of the location of one of the people you wanted to get revenge on. And he was organising a tournament. He asked you to fight in it. You could have threatened him and fought him instantly. But the way you guys saw it was A, the buy-in to the actual play. But also B, that um, if you you kill him, you risk you know missing out on it. So you actually kept him alive and actually showed him a bit of respect. Yeah. Although not much. Not, not a great deal, but you know... Uh, <laughs> A bit, <laughs> but, but we're lucky, really, that the characters have evolved in that way, and you guys are such um, decent role players. But it's like, what do you do then if? Because Mortal doesn't actually have a morality system built in, does it? No, but it's just that's how it's gone. I can imagine a lot of people just, you know, uh, if if you played Mortal with the average PC, right, it would be fighting, killing, raping, shooting, right? Right. Do you reckon? So. How do you think you can mitigate that if players um, are like that? If they are murder hobos and they're consistently like that, what do you reckon? What do you do? Especially if there's no morality system built into the game. So, well, you can... You've got to try... Well, I would try and, um, you know, give different situations where there's not one straight answer for it, whether it be good Mm. or evil. Do you see what I mean? So kind of really put the ball into the player character's court again. So it's like, okay, you know, you can go in and just be brutal and evil for the sake of being evil, but at what gain? Um, and 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 what is, why is it worth it? Like, you know, it's short-lived, isn't it? Oh, look, we just killed this person, this character, because we can. All right, good. Okay, yeah. but what if, you know, like you said, like, you, you, Harrison, you have a good little... <laughs> 
a good little trick which always hits home is like when something happens and then you loot a body and it's like oh look you find a photo of their kids in there you know and that's like oof even the most evil person yeah bring it back is oof yeah you know bring it back yeah bring, and make yeah. them less like so the things that they are attacking give them give them depth you know give it's not just a a, a monster or a person that's in the way like there's more to it than that and 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 really try and tug at the morality morality yourself give them this kind of you know see how they react to it because yeah like you said the, the you know even in the most evil characters aren't aren't evil to their self right yeah, well, exactly. I mean, I, uh, j- sorry, James, go on. No, I'd say there's also um, another trick that's been used in a, a, another campaign that we had, but probably not for this reason. But um, if you tie in the character's uh, alignment and it'd just be like, you know, if, they, if they're consistently evil or have it so, you know, like Planescape, the alignment changes. So then it will force them to not be evil. You know, like that. If, if there's an actual human like player at the table just being a cunt. <laughs> And you just think, right, I need to, uh, I don't want him to just sabotage the whole game. And just be like, right, your alignment is um, forever changing. And um, after you've done X amount of uh, deeds relating to that alignment, then it will change. Well, and then it means that they have to change tact. Yeah, and, and you know, like um, some some older systems will dock points for you acting against alignment. I think that's kind of dumb. But changing alignment is uh, it's kind of a good one. And like... You can just gently remind players. You they won't think you're a cunt if you just go. Don't forget, mate. You're lawful good, right? Yeah. And then it, then they might come come up with a situation where they'll probably do it anyway, right? That's that's just it. But they'll say they'll give a reason. They'll be like, no, it's desperate times. I'm mostly lawful good, but I have to kill this guy because and and I'll regret it. And you may maybe make them yeah. think about the character a bit more. Do you know what I mean? As long as they start, yeah. As long as they start actually realizing, ah, oh, this doesn't suit my character's. You know, background the way I've built him, um, so I, I should I should remember that I'm playing a, a character. Planescape mm. as just... well, like that's it's a good example because that's a it, it's Planescape is such a bizarre imaginative setting that it really brings home that you don't just have to stick with oh the guards are coming after you because you killed this guy, right? Think about it. If you're chaotic evil. Uh, or, or no no let's say if you're uh, you know true neutral right and yeah. you start doing chaotic evil shit um, and suddenly uh, the neutral gods don't like it and they put a pox on you or curse you or send their minions after you powerful fucking things right mm. and in Planescape in particular if you're playing on Sigil which for some reason most games do take place there if you act in an unneutral manner and skew the uh, neutral planes alignment towards another alignment it becomes closer to another thing and then yeah so if all the players are being chaotic well suddenly a the lady of pain who basically looks after sigil is going to come after you but b demons might be able to come to sigil now and all like specifically like really powerful ones that are going to come there to fuck shit up and then you've got an adventure on your hands and also the players will learn their fucking lesson maybe to yeah yeah exactly ramifications so like actions have consequences right so you know it might be quite fun and easy and evil at the time to do something to someone but then you know seeing the fallout firsthand can bring that back a bit i think and, and yeah and you know like like yeah, as i say the, the, the go-to is always the guards come after you they're going to arrest you pcs are the best at outrunning the guards because they do it all the time, 
right? Yeah. So just uh, but but so you can come up with a number of different things. Like if we were playing DCC, for example, if you started acting really chaotically, well, there's corruption tables, mate. Yeah, the whack yeah, on yeah, a yeah. greater yeah. corruption to somebody where suddenly their eyes are on their back and they'll be like, <laughs> "Fuck, I, I need to stop <laughs> this." Wish I'd have done that. Yeah, yeah. I like I, I like the corruption table. It works it works really well because yeah, it just de- like well, it deforms you, doesn't mm. it? Yeah, it really and and you know you've got uh, minor, major, and greater, right? So f- give them a minor one. Maybe their skin changes color. Now people know that they're evil, right? Yeah. And yeah. then when they do it again, right? Give them a major one, and they'll go shit. This is getting worse. Yeah. Now I've got scales, but I don't actually have the powers of a fish. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh a little uh, little quote for the uh, foreign beggars fans there but oh, the so yeah good. so the punishments that you can dole out especially in games that have you know magic and shit like this which a lot of them fucking do not even limited just to fantasy games you could really go you can really get creative with it um, and that that's a good way to punish players and make them think about their actions before they do it yeah. Uh, another another pretty cool one I've seen because um, another evil in air quotes evil campaign I've run was tough guys right and the good thing about wise guys and tough guys is that they uh, the built-in sort of morality thing for it isn't like morality points, and it's not this black and white thing where either you're evil or you're good. It's not like either murder the school bus full of children or take them on as your orphan children. Do you know what I mean? It's not like yeah. that. You're criminals, right? You're thieves. But the fact of the matter is, is that in character creation, you have to pick a redeeming trait for your character, and a good GM will use those for downtime right great example being Sydney. um he was uh james's character he was a roadman right so these are often young black kids in urban areas that, that deal drugs it's an actual thing that happens in this country but they're often you know part of families that are deeply religious and uh you know people that moved here many many years ago and uh, very grateful to have moved here you know and so it's like Sydney's nan, his his whole redeeming characteristic was that he looks after his his grandma, right? Mm-hmm. And he would go back yeah. there, and because she's just a normal person that moved to this country, Sydney got caught up in the gang lifestyle. And uh, when yeah. she hears about him hanging out with the gang, she slaps him, and she she's like, "I can't believe you're doing that. You need to behave yourself. What What's did that? I tell you about that?" And it's, uh, yeah, is that a typical thing of you know if uh, you know speaking to mum on the phone, you you change. You change your voice because you're like you're with your your mates and you're like yeah bro I'm gonna do that and this and that here and then you get on your phone and say, oh, hello mum yes. sorry sorry yes I'll be home for dinner yes. love yeah and you know, you know and it's like that kind of thing there's no questioning right that Sydney is a bad person of course he is he's he's a gangster he deals well you ended up dealing cocaine heroin uh, dealing in prostitution <laughs> yeah. killing yeah, people clothes, killing people right but there's that humanizing side you still want them to be the character you're going to root for but you but you know they're evil i mean that's just a fact but the thing is is that yeah you've got this little humanizing thing that the gm can use and i think put that in in just about every game like yeah, what's the one definitely. good thing your guy does on a reg yeah mickey you know yeah because then you can you can kind of like uh utilize what's the downtime thing that you do when you interlude, interlude. You sorry it came to me you can utilize interludes if there's a like a player at a table who and you're trying to move them away from just being a dick the whole time you could be like all right this is the time to play out your redeeming characteristic we're going to do an interlude who hurt you now <laughs> yeah and just be like right now it, and an interlude is like you know if people don't know it's a really interesting way of building upon your character to to like further sort of deepen 
who they mm. are to allow everyone else and, and maybe even yourself understand more about them. Yeah, and and um, the good thing is, you know, like you say, if you if they have those redeeming characteristics, and if they're just being a dick and playing chaotic, stupid the whole time, well, maybe their mum calls them up. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, or you know, yeah. you promised your mum you'd take her to see We Will Rock You this weekend or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. know, like. <laughs> but and that's and well, the beauty exactly is, is, that, is that you're not being a dick by saying that you're not like oh I'm imposing this upon your character they chose it so it, it is and, and it's like it just feels natural right you're playing mm-hmm. evil characters but what's the good thing that you do right because even Hitler was nice to his dog I assume I mean he eventually <laughs> killed the dog but <laughs> you know up to a point you yeah. know and he was a vegetarian so you know yeah. if you were playing the most evil man ever right that could be that could be his redeeming characteristic he doesn't eat he doesn't eat meat and maybe he's a militant vegetarian he's got a pet sheep <laughs> he's got a pet sheep and he's like do not do not eat the meat <laughs> stay off of my meat <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so uh, but obviously don't play hitler in a campaign god's sake is that that's that's Only, unless it's Hitler? Hold on a minute. Didn't we have a, a mech Hitler? Yeah, yeah. that was in um, Secret did. Files of Section D, uh, which is heavily no, inspired. No, 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 it wasn't. It was the um, my God. No, we all played it years ago for Pathfinder. Don't oh, remember. Oh God, yeah, yeah. That, but the main villain in this Pathfinder game that we played was time traveling to different points in history and to and, and recruiting the most powerful people to be a part of his army. Yeah, Genghis Khan, Hitler, Jesus, Muhammad Ali. Like it was just ridiculous. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, and then uh, so yeah, there was Mecha Hitler um, because yeah. I am an idiot. <laughs> now this this English name um this oh this 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 English name Pipe. Another good rule of thumb, right, is to I I, I don't think I've ever seen ever once, and I, this is a minor point, but ever once a character that played a racist character and did it with any kind of nuance. It's always, I hate goblins because they killed my family. I hate orcs because they killed my family. I yeah. hate elves because I'm a dwarf and we had a racial, you know, it's like, shut yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a really, if you want to play a, an asshole, don't go for that. I'm not saying that there is something that should never be talked about at the table, that's fine, but I've never seen it done well. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the only ones that are kind of done well, the ones where you don't necessarily well it's when they're not tied to being uh like down to race or anything like that where it's like a backstory you know like you're trying to get vengeance and and that's what you're driven by it's those kind of things not just a they killed my family so i don't like all of them it's like when they it's sort of honed in on a particular singular character like um in Genlab, when you was the moose, Harrison, was uh, you had like a, a, a vengeance against someone in particular. The man with the uh, peg leg. Yeah, I had a part of my backstory yeah. that my wife was killed and the only thing I saw as the guy was escaping was that he had a peg leg. So I was looking mm. for him. And I can't know the reason I did that was to give you, like, if you ever wanted to do a side shit, like, um, here's a part of my backstory you can use if you fancy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know, like, and he wasn't an evil character, but if I was, then I've got that motivation. And, you know, mm. like, he, the, the people in the Tough Guys campaign, it's English gangsters, you know, they're motivated by greed. That's a fact. Yeah. And that is, that's often the thing you don't do when you're making a character. You don't go, he wants money. But, you know, in the particular case of Tough Guys, because you pick that redeeming characteristic, it means, okay, all the characters are motivated by greed. Fact. 
However, they're motivated by greed because Sydney would buy his mum a house, or um, yeah. another guy might bring Elton John over to the house to sing the hits, or buy his favourite <laughs> football club, um, things like this. Do you know what I mean? It's like suddenly yeah. there you've got not a morally super complex thing, but it's better than I just want money. Why? So I could be rich. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then, um, uh, yeah. if you really, really, really can't just get the players just to think about it more by doing these techniques these are like non-systemic techniques right they don't have any gameplay implications necessarily when it comes down to the numbers but there are some systems that maybe use a system to stop people from fucking around and i actually think that it can be it can be quite useful vampire right so in vampire you start off with a humanity score and the more animalistic things you do you lose humanity and it's actually very difficult to get back mm. so um y- there's no question about it right you are a person that eats people okay, okay <laughs> and that's yep. g- generally not accepted in today's society which i think is bang out of order was, right? yeah i mean come on when did that change yeah i mean <laughs> I know, sjw's right i Am mean I right? come on anti-cannibals <laughs> anti-cannibals <laughs> how dare they I bet you in like five years time there'll life. be like a movement for that it'd be like 15 people from reddit that'll be like <laughs> actually stop eating uh, people man please don't call us cannibals we're actually uh, human diet people HTPs. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah um, the thing about yeah vampires you have a humanity score and it's not necessarily how evil you are but if you act in an animalistic way and do things purely out of instinct and anger you're going to lose humanity. And once yeah. that's run out, you are so insane, you're an NPC now. End yeah, that's it. That's it. And it's, it's, it's perhaps a bit ham-fisted, but it's a great way of doing things. I felt... There was it's so- bloody smart, I we think. We have to be really time- careful about stuff. Do you remember we had a little snack on the um, uni students down the alleyway? And we had to be really <laughs> careful. Well, I mean, that that explains all of it, really. I mean, it's like it's it's literally like here's some snack. kids, let's eat them, and it's like it's like that's just a, that's just a snack. But then what just I would do, snack. usually, if somebody says they're going to do something, I just say right, okay, roll for it. But in this particular case, if you've got a system like that in place, just say, um, okay, yeah, you can do that. But there's a feeling in your mind that if you do that, you'll slip further towards animalism. Yeah, to your, that's it. Uh, and then players will go. Mm, is it worth it? Do you know what I mean? They'll assess the risk at this point. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think it's a great one. I mean, uh, I've considered... That's a very good idea. considered mm. using it in, in other campaigns as well. But um, yeah, I mean, also Vampire does the cool thing of before you've rolled any stat, what, do your character, what does your character want uh, outwardly and what do they want really inside? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you just, yeah, you get so much better out of people from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get great RP role playing from uh, Vampire, and and you know what? Like it, it, twice in my no, actually, I think only once I played a campaign where it's so evil it's comical, right? <laughs> it's like there was a point. Uh, it was a campaign I played at work with one of our team leaders actually running it, and he, uh, well, he the, the way he played it was just like we were just comically stupidly evil like to the point where at some point we realised that we could get HP back from just eating everyone we killed so we killed everyone we pretty much met and ate them there was a point where we we, um, fucked up. we were trying to get we went to the local shop and the guy was like there's no rope 
right? And we were like, okay, uh, let's just steal a bunch of underwear from prostitutes. And so we set up a trap consisting of a bunch of rakes in a shed. And then shove them in there. And of course, they stand on the rakes, they get hit by the rakes, and then we've got a shed full of knocked out prostitutes. Perfect. Um, so I think if you are going to play the chaotic stupid, just go fucking ham on it, man. Go yeah, crazy. Yeah, make it yeah. big. Make it weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know if you guys have got any extra advice, but the last the last one I wanted to give was like uh, with Dungeon Craft. He has, a, uh, he has a morality meter that he puts on the bottom of every character sheet, right? Everyone starts off in the middle. And you can go yep. up to a plus three or a minus three, right? Plus three is going to get you discounts on on shit in stores. It's going to mean people know you for being famous. Minus three, once you get to that, you're so evil, you're now an NPC. Perfect. And he does that in everything. Oh, so. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, because it works. I mean, the, at the end of the day, right, I don't expect everyone to be good guys in my campaigns. I mean, a lot of no. times in D&D, for example, you're going after treasure. You're killing monsters without even thinking about their family life, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. But all I ask at the beginning of every campaign is that your loyalty is to the team. I don't care if you're evil. I don't care if you're motivated by bad shit, but your loyalty has to be to the team. At the end of the day, when the chips come, like, fall down, yep. or is it when the chips When the chips are down? down? Yeah, when the chips are down, your loyalty is to the party, and yeah. most often than not, the party are going to be heroes with maybe one evil guy. So then, and if you say your loyalties to the party and they're doing the good stuff, then the evil guy mm-hmm. comes more of a renegade or an anti-hero. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 totally. And it works. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean that's basically most of what I've got to say on the matter. Nick, do you have any tips? Um, well, I was just thinking of one earlier, and another thing as well is like um, not penalising story, but like you know making character like again going back to actions and consequences but like a good example would be like like let's say you know when people are just unnecessarily dickish to shop owners yeah it's a bit of a gripe of mine (laughs) and you know let's say for argument's sake it escalates into a full-blown fight which it has happened in games before i think we had a nice fight out the back with a, with a shop owner yeah exactly you know that shop owner gets killed then way la- way later on down the line when they're on a big mission or quest that they're actually invested in um uh, well you know perhaps that shop owner weren't just a shop owner you know they were part of this mission that can't be completed fully now because of the actions that happened earlier yeah consequences are really fucking important because i it, yeah. again like running an evil campaign is a really good idea all, all it is, yeah. is you just need to be morally complex i mean if you're skirting that line i guess mm-hmm. well, i guess mainly the bi- the biggest piece of advice we're saying is this don't be fully evil. Have morals. You could be a bad guy. You could be considered to be an arsehole by everyone in the fucking world. But you have yep. to have you have yeah. to have a set of morals and a code. Your own you can't set just of be, morals. Yeah. You can't just be, I'm going to kill somebody for a discount on a club. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you, you need to understand like the bigger picture. It's like, I've noticed, and I think it is purely because we played tough guys beforehand, and now we've slipped straight into oh. the mutant hero beasts, right? What was that? Um, that's um, <laughs> Harrison's Leave bum. That. <laughs> All right. Well, so I'm talking about Harrison's bum, and no one knows why. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no. In Sean, in Sean's campaign, obviously we are sitting there, being uh, even though it's like current date, we're a bit nostalgic about it because it's uh, mutant hero Ninja Turtles. Yeah, and um, we're meant to be heroes and good guys but like we go in the shop like we mentioned earlier and we fucking robbed it and it's just like i'm i'm kind of sitting there on the fence like well 
I'm still got this moral compass where I'm not really keen on it, but I'm at the same time I'm not going to bring the whole party down because it's actually a funny interaction. But in this particular case, it's, then, it's kind of more moral because the way we're justifying it to ourselves, and this is often what players will do anyway, is that it's for the greater good. And when I stole a computer off a shop owner, um, because I needed some information off it. There's a lot of stealing computers in this campaign, but I stole a, <laughs> I stole a shop yeah. owner's laptop. Yeah, no, but you're bringing you know, it back. I promised to bring it back. I'm like, don't worry, sir. We're uh, we're heroes. We never steal, and uh, I'm just borrowing it. I'll bring it back later. And then, um, yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm bringing the guy's laptop back later, and all the army surplus uniforms we'll give them back. Of course we will. Exactly. So I mean, uh, it, that that is like a cartoon level of morality, but we're playing a cartoon yeah. game. Right? Even <laughs> well, that it, exactly. is better than I'm going to kill you because I want a potion, right? I yeah. mean, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. what sense does that fucking make anyway? I mean, but it happens so often. What PCs hate shopkeepers, but that's not. Can we kill it? It's not really morally interesting or even that fun to to threaten somebody. Sometimes I've found right if you want to keep it so that the character's morally complex. You kind of, if, if a good player is like doing the improv thing of yes and, right? And they go, you better give me five gold pieces off that sword or I'm going to stick this dagger in your throat. Have the shopkeeper go, <laughs> ah, you always were the joker. Anyway, um, here you go. That'll be uh, 15 gold pieces, please. And just sort of kind of treat them like, because then if the player goes, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, of course. You know, we, we got this little thing where we pretend to kill each other, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, or, or like I think you've done it before when like we've been unnecessarily rubbish to an NPC, and then the NPC is just like, "Why, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> what have I done to you? Why are you doing?" And really <laughs> bringing just it home. Him out. Do you know what I mean? Just calling him out for it, going, "Why are you being such an ass to me? I'm just trying to help you." And then it's like, now you've got to explain. Or but this, this go is what I like the action. in the Mork Borg campaign as well. When you paid this woman for information. And I was even trying to get, like, edge you in a certain direction where your talking sword then spoke up and was like, right, well, now we've got the information. Why don't you, why don't you batter and take your money back? And the both of you are like, no, no, no. She's been very helpful and she's, you know, you don't get a woman and things like this. And, like, that yeah, just yeah, makes yeah. your character slightly more interesting um, totally. than just being an evil fucktide. I, and also, just fucking ban chaotic evil at your table. Simple as that. <laughs> yeah. Unless you really trust the player can be can be like good at this type of thing ban chaotic evil lawful evil is interesting even to an extent neutral evil if the character has their own moral code that's interesting chaotic evil that's just a gibbering maniac exactly unless i guess it's a matter of perspective so if you're playing a chaotic evil campaign and they're all chaotic chaotic evil but the whole way the whole game is set up is that the bad guys are the good guys and the good guys you know, well, because I are guess actually the bad guys in the game, then it's a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah, because I guess if you had, if you did have a chaotic evil character, and let's say by society they were considered to be a chaotic evil character, but then maybe they're a barbarian, right? That don't believe in yeah. civilization because cities are places where people are miserable and they drink and they gamble and things like this, and yeah. they're they're kind of anti-civilization, so they want to go back to a more anarchic state of tribes. Do you see? What I mean, like yes, yeah, maybe exactly. something like that. You know, um, I think well, that would like be the other classic when you're um, you're playing a bunch of goblins, right? And you know, and in 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 normal games, goblins are enemies and they're just there to be slain. But if you're a bunch of goblins with feelings and drive and, uh, and emotion and it's the adventurers that keep coming into your nice little tidy, you know, hovels and keep slashing your family up and stuff, 
you know, it, yeah, I mean, that's th- fine, isn't it? Well, there's a fantastic adventure um, but for Saga the Goblin Horde um, yeah. that kind of pinpoints that. It's like, it's like evil in the eyes of certain people. Like, like there are certain things you would do that somebody, a, a good human, would never do. Like, there are certain yeah. methods. Maybe you're very mm-hmm. brutal at killing and stuff like this. But you have your own weird set of morals within your tribe. And funny yeah, enough, in, right. in Richard's game, there's one way you have to track this guy down. And in the final encounter, you see him regaling the bar with tales and stories, and everyone's laughing and having a good time. And of course, the goblins, they run in and kill them. They don't know the backstory. The pub people don't know the backstory. So all they see is two goblins run in and kill this fucker. And it's like, so that's (laughs) why goblins are considered to be evil, because they don't know why they've done it. They might have a good reason. But there's more to it. Yeah, there's more to it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, we've talked a lot about, like, you know, how to play... How to get your players to play decent, you know, evil characters. How to run a decent evil campaign. Um, but I think, yeah, I think overall, I guess what we can take away from this is instead of just saying I'm evil, be an asshole with some morals, right? Yes. Um, and if you're running an and evil, you can be twisted as you like, but they need to be there. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm, and if you're running an evil campaign, I think some advice is to make the turn like the the downturn into to animalism and evil make that a theme of the campaign right yeah um or in in the case of solomon kane when i ran it, it you were playing guys that were sent to hell and were resurrected and had to learn to be good and that's another good way mm-hmm. isn't it? because they're going to fall yeah. back into evil um habits but ultimately they they've got a chance to redeem themselves yeah but yeah i mean yeah if you're running a campaign just you know make sure that it's it's got evil as a theme and maybe have it so that going too far means you become an npc or yeah, going too fun. far means you get corruption ravenloft does it um you could do it with dcc like yeah so i think mutations, those, those like are that. mutations whatever man those are the tips yeah. those are the I tips. like it they're really good really good ideas yeah yeah, well, I think we've solved that problem for once and for all, right? That's done. It's done. No more. No more. You evil bastards. If I meet one more chaotic evil character, I will kick you in the bollocks. <laughs> and then I'll eat, eat you. And then I'll... All right. Okay, all right. Let's do. It. Let's go I'll to Electro Letters anyway, up. because yeah. we asked the listeners what they thought, and let's have a... Let's have a... Let's go. In the future, you will be able to send a letter or parcel from anywhere on the planet. This, sir, is the Electro Letter. Let's go. So yeah, we asked for your tips for running evil campaigns or playing evil characters. And uh, yeah, you guys came out in droves. It went into Stella. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Woford, he says, my group doesn't have an issue playing evil. It is chaotic that causes the issues. An evil group mm. untied to a cause is still trying to accomplish something when one or more characters just do whatever the hell they want to each other and the NPCs. The pure fuckery is when it falls into the massive PvP endgame hellfest. Yeah. Uh, guilty. I have done that a couple of times where I've attacked players and I've, I've since learned not really to do it. 
Um, but yeah, you're, you, we've said that, you know, loyalty has to lie with the group. Don't go robbing yeah. each other and just doing whatever you want. And even if you are chaotic, maybe it doesn't need to just be chaotic means I do whatever I want. Chaotic could just mean that you hate red tape. You hate society. Yeah, Things I was like going to say, yeah, yeah, anarchy. There's, uh, yeah. there's anarchy there as well, isn't because there? Because anarchy you know I mean? isn't just, you know, pure chaos. It, there's no. there's there's a sort of logic to it. Um, mm-hmm. It's mo- about more s- yeah, some kind of logic. It's like, down a system or something. You know yeah, I mean? like uh, anti-system, punkish. You know, you could be anti-establishment people. Anti-establishment, that, non-conformist. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could. There's so much many more ways to play chaotic more interestingly. Um, and so yeah, very good point. Chaotic is often the one that people don't quite understand. Could be nuanced. Yes. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Louis Pineda, he says, each has their own motivation that just happens to align with the others, but once they reach the goal, or if one of the other characters interferes with their goals, they will turn on each other. I I suggest each player having a secret breaking point they only share with the GM that would trigger them to turn on the others. Maybe even have one of them be good, just deep undercover for an opposing organisation. And that's a cracking idea. Mm. Because if you're Mm. playing wise guys or tough guys, right... And at the beginning, each player passed the GM something. You could say, if there's ever a significant amount of money up for grabs, I'm taking it all and leaving, right? Okay, yeah, and, I'm going to the Bahamas. Or um, if somebody turns on me, I will kill them. Or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, the, what I'm will a, get I'm them a deep to undercover agent and will stay that way unless something happens. I did actually consider trying to get one of you to play an undercover cop right at the beginning of the oh, campaign. But cool. I thought... <laughs> it would be fun, but I mean, um, I, I didn't really want to force people to play a certain type of character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the secret agenda thing is good, yeah. and I've never, ever seen it not work out interestingly. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that fucking adventure you really like? Intrigue at the Court of Chaos, right? Yes. When all of the gods yeah. go to the characters, and uh, depending on their alignment, and tell them... Have that, a private chat. Yeah. yeah and it, it, they, they're basically like, look, bring me the egg. And I'll get you some that really good it. shit. That was you know? it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was so cool. And it always ends up because it's a secret agenda, and players are thinking about it. It's not just random violence against other PCs. It's like shit. It's got like to really good board, doesn't it? It's like yeah, I'm really fucking yeah. sorry, but I'm gonna have to kill you now. You know <laughs> why? Because I need the egg. <laughs> I need the egg, mate. <laughs> Timothy Peer he says your character doesn't know there's a spelling error there they are evil to them. It's not a choice of good or bad. It's about what they want. You don't need to destroy your fellow. Party members, sorry, some gas came up through my neck there. <laughs> to uh, to get, okay, you don't need to destroy your fellow party members to get what you want. They are your resources. They can even be your friends. Casually throwing away resources isn't how you get what you want. To by using them efficiently, you keep them happy so that they keep being useful. This is how I played a goblin lawyer. Okay, all right, this is taking a turn, Timothy. <laughs> This is how I played a goblin <laughs> lawyer who was an awful person. He killed, he lied, and cheated his way through life, but his party were his party, and that's company property, and you don't misuse or damage company property. Perfect. <laughs> what? But that's a good, but it's that's really good, fun. right? Because he's playing a character that is uh, inherently absurd, and he's all, even on that level of absurdly evil, right? Yeah. But he's, he's come up with a way. Well. He's come up with a way where he respects what the party wants, right? Because he's like, yeah. If I don't feed these people, if I steal from them, they're not going to be able to do my killings. And what the fuck am I going to do then? Yeah, exactly. That's a good way of doing that it. Is funny. And also, I goblin like lawyer. We got to do a lot yeah, of goblin. That's funny. 
court drama. Oh, can we have a goblin court drama? Yes, please. That'd yeah. be so fucking good. I've still, I still, I still think about the the last courtroom drama that we done, and it was one of the best episodes I've ever played. It was so much amazing. fun. Yeah. More lawyers in campaigns, <laughs> um, not rules lawyers though. It would be like, no, we yeah. could do like a making a murderer, but it would be making a murder hobo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yorkus Rex. He says, "Remember that evil doesn't mean stupid." Thank you, Christ. And evil parties <laughs> should work together for a common goal. Yes, it's not mm-hmm. an open invitation for PvP antics. You don't steal from each other. You don't shove the wizard into a pit for a laugh. You don't burn every orphanage <laughs> built too close to the road you're traveling. I played in a city-based evil campaign for several years. The group was a loose collection of thieves and scoundrels that worked as a team to maximize power and profits. The group Ooh. had strict rules about not screwing each other over and definitely no inter-party combat. If you broke either of these and were caught, then it was open season on your PC. We used the criminal crew from the movie Heat as an inspiration. An evil <laughs> party needs to be unified in their goals and subtle in their execution. No mustache twirling laughter as you indiscriminately toss fireballs at the lawful <laughs> temple. <laughs> you want schemes and plans laid with alibis and deniability. It's not an unfettered power trip with the goal of chewing all the GM scenery. Um, well, is this like uh, the whole honorary amongst thieves thing, isn't it? <coughs> yeah, well, exactly. Honor amongst thieves, should I say? <laughs> because because in in Wise Guys, for example, the the Italian you know NPCs that work for Looney John, yeah, you you still you steal from anyone. Other gangs is fine, yeah. but you if you turn on the on the um, on the on the mafia. Well, then mm. the mafia are just going to have you killed. Simple as that. Well, this is it, yeah. And, and I mean, it, it was I don't know if it was a dick move or not, but when I tried to steal from uh, from the party and I pulled a gun out on the Don in uh, in Wise Guys, right? Oh, my um, God, yeah. I mean, this was the end of the campaign, so it's kind of all right. But the um, Eric just said, okay, the Don just has you killed. Simple as that. And you were within your rights for, for the GM to do it. I uh, There's no escaping. He just says, look, you've been caught. You're getting killed. End of story. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that works. And also, you know, it. In, we've all seen good fellas. We've all seen good it fellas. Yeah. More you like know. bad fellas. Am I right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're bad guys. Um, but yeah, fucking. Yeah. Um, I've been rereading the Lankmar novels recently. Oh, and nice. Yeah, I mean that's about two thieves. They're not necessarily the cool thing about it as well is one. Of, they're both thieves, but one of them's more of a fighter type, and one of them's more of a sneaky type. But they mm. steal shit, so they're thieves. And um, yeah. The cool thing about it is, is that what makes it so enjoyable, I think, the stories is the the, uh, the characters are called Fafford and the Grey Mouser, right? But the thing about those nice. two is that they are the best of fucking friends. As soon as they met, they knew they were really good mates and that they had similar interests. They like stealing, they like getting loads of money, then they like spending the fucking lot of it and having a good time, then going out it's and like robbing again. Beggars. <laughs> it's exactly like foreign beggars, really. But yeah, yeah so... so that's kind of the thing. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. actually playing the guys as friends. I know you're thieves, but the thing is you're thieves with a common goal. You're like family. Do you it's know what I mean? people as well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. And and that's what makes it more, you know, gives it extra levels of, 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 of emotion and stuff, makes it interesting. Because, you, yeah, you're bad guys, but you but you don't steal from each other. And like you but say... you're good guys to each other. Better, low, better, better morals. It's much more interesting to have guys that really respect each other and would do anything for each other. When that bank job goes wrong and one of them goes down because he's been shot in the leg... Yep. Um, and you're more inclined to go back and save him, well, yeah. that's way more interesting. Like, night, see you later. Yeah, totally. After, like, ten years of being together and then, you know, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, just yeah. drop him like that. Yeah, exactly. Imagine that. Yeah. Just imagine that. Just drop you. Just about, yeah. Totally. Uh, yeah, anyway, sorry, that. mate. Bin laugh. 
Yeah, I mean, that's just boring. But it's, it's the comically <laughs> evil thing to do. But it's also the shit unfunny thing to do. I mean, going back and trying to pick somebody up. Imagine if that got into a fumble fest as well. That's when you have the most fun. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? It's like, totally. So, uh, yeah, uh, a very, very good point there, Yorkers. Uh, Garrett Weinstein, we've got two more of these. Garrett Weinstein, he comes in, he says, tell the players up front that if they're going to play an evil character, they should try to act like Lex Luthor or Loki, not the Joker. Everyone stops having fun and the game collapses real fast when players try to play characters who are antisocial and disruptive, disruptive solely for the sake of being antisocial yeah, and disruptive. Exactly. Because yep, I've never... I've never been like the kind of guy that's like, if somebody does say, I'm just playing my character, I'm like, okay, fine, that's fine. I don't mind. You do that. But the only thing is, is that there is a certain type of comical evil where you are, all you're doing is disrupting what the other players want to do. I don't mind, let's say, for example, if you guys are out on a mission and, well, let's put, let's give it the bank job example, right? You, you, you're like, okay, we're going to do this quietly. We're going to go up and we're just going to, you know, we don't want anyone to raise any alarms. So let's keep it down, down low. And then one guy goes, fuck you, bitch, and shoots one of the bank tellers in the head, right? I understand that that's, uh, that's something that can go wrong on a mission. And if a player does that, that's fine, right? But it's like, from that point onwards, you just try to be helpful and don't make sure it doesn't happen too fucking often. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Because yeah, that's one yeah. of the biggest problems is yeah. when that player's fucking up everything you're trying to do. I can I can allow like, you know, one or two transgressions because it's going to happen. Things yeah. get heated. But yeah, sure. it's like when... You know, like when people... You know, people like trying to maybe uh, expand on their hindrances or whatever or something that they've built in to act like a hindrance if it's not Savage Worlds. Mm. And they're just like, oh, I'm just playing like as my character would. It's just like, yeah, but you're in a very, very high profile situation. Surely your character at that moment wouldn't allow that to, to take over um, completely you know, to come yeah. out and be such yeah. a dick. And it's just like, yeah, but they've done this and then I don't take it. And then I just react and I'm just going to shoot them. And unfortunately, that's going to ruin our really carefully laid out plan that we spent an hour of real life yeah, time. Which that doing. character was also like, helping with. So it's like, why would you put well, all yeah. that effort in in planning if you could so easily get triggered do you know that, what I mean that kind of stuff kind of fucks I think, me I, I, think, just like, oh, yeah, I think ultimately it comes down to respect right it's about respecting the other yeah. players times and being a uh, time and being like do you know what we've spent hours laying this plan out and my character he is the type of guy that usually lets his emotions get to him but I'm going to try to resist it you could even say to the GM right I want to fucking shoot this woman in the head can I roll to resist the urge and there then the GM will, will like you a lot more you're still doing what you would always do right you're still playing true to your character's hindrances but you're giving yourself a chance for it not to happen or you could just say for once I'm going to put these emotions down and then let it out afterwards do you see yeah. what I mean because yeah. there, there's the stereotype on a heist of the hot headed guy that does something wacky and ruins it, right? Like Mr. White from Reservoir Dogs. When they yeah. talk about him, he's just gone and started shooting cops, right? Yeah. There's that stereotype. But you can, yeah, you can either say flat out, I'm resisting it this time, or you can be like, oh, I feel it's going to take over. Should I roll spirit? And the GM will go like, yep, um, because you've spent so long doing the plans, I'll give you a plus two. You know, there you something go. like yeah. that. Yeah. Boom, boom, oh. boom. Yeah, you thought you could get away with your little ruse, didn't you? Didn't you? Well, you didn't, because I know where you hid the diamonds. I've been on to you and your little friends for weeks. Boo! Boo! This has gotten like it's gotten really serious, but I'm liking it. This is a good yeah. discussion that we've yeah, had mate. so far. Very last one comes in from Michael Markey. It's a short one. He says, "Don't be that player who passes a note to the DM. I'm actually <laughs> an assassin, and I'm going to kill everyone in their sleep and take their stuff. You're not clever. You're just an ass." Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's the. A- 
That's a fucking dick move. That I think, is. Uh, Imagine if anyone ever did that. I, I, well, I actually during the zombie campaign, I got a bit caught up in the survival aspect of it and tried <laughs> to kill everyone. But, um, but then I, to be fair, I learned my lesson. I bought a character next that actually gelled with it. It's it, people make mistakes, all right. It's if you try to actually grow as a player and become better, that makes you a good player. But yeah, the, yeah, I agree. I do find that quite funny, though. Um, uh, but it reminds me, there was a bit in the office where that happens. Oh, it's where the, it's it's during the improv bit. Michael is is the exact. He's the fucking. He is the chaotic, stupid character. Do you remember when he's he's doing an improv <laughs> class and he keeps on he keeps, oh, he keeps on getting uh, a gun out. A, yeah, a gun into every scene, and <laughs> then they're like, like everyone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is it. That's the fucking example. That right is there. it. That is exactly it. it. And, and also, when they're, when they're, the the guy who's running the session of improv, he goes, right? Can you do one scene without a gun? And then Michael just goes up, whispers to one of the girls, and he's like, "What did he say to you?" Um, he said he had a gun. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's just going, boom, boom. <laughs> so bad. Oh god! I mean, because just just think, just if you need a reminder, watch that fucking scene. That's yeah, what you're exactly. doing to the D and D night. <laughs> Mike, Michael Scott improv gun scene. Just watch that. Don't and be that, that is it. Because I would say, yeah, exactly that. A bit of advice would be, you know, in your head, if you think it's going to be fantastically chaotic and really play into your character, just take us, just take a pause, have another think, and just look past that one act to see if it's worth it or not. And maybe discuss it with the GM. If you really do want to fuck over the players, just like, are you cool with if I do this? Does it make sense? If not, don't worry about it. Mm. Yeah. But we, we often do that where we sort of ask the table. You know, something's happening and we just go like, right, look, guys, look, I'm, I'm a bit twisted or I'm a bit torn here. Um, I think my character would like to do this, but I appreciate the situation doesn't call for it. Can you help no, me but out? Or, often it's like if one character's called the other character's mum a bitch or something. Yeah, right? so yeah. I, do, I really, I really want to fucking yeah. slap him. And actually, we're lucky because a couple of the other players at the table will often be like, nah, 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 leave it, guys. Don't worry about it. It's fine. You're better than this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, or it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. say you've got a hindrance that's like greedy and it's like, oh, I have to play my hindrance every time. It's like, okay, so you don't need to be greedy about everything though. Maybe you're just greedy for money. Doesn't mean you're greedy for food or greedy for, well, you know, it, do you see what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Like give it nuances. It's like the mean hindrance, right? It doesn't mean you're mean to everyone, including yeah. the party. Yeah. What it means is that, that, that you have a mean streak and it comes out sometimes yes. or you, there you or there's a particular, not every single time yeah. or there's a particular type of person that you hate maybe you dislike old people right and that that comes out yeah. you know, oh these fucking slow pokes get out of my way yeah exactly exactly and that's the only part of it doesn't mean that you know a catch-all term i mean constantly to everything and everyone because i'm playing my hindrance that doesn't make for good gaming yeah um i, I was also just thinking as well like going back to the office it's like don't play prison mike as well <laughs> do you remember prison mike <laughs> oh yes don't drop the soap <laughs> He's like, where did you learn oh, about this internet? Oh no, do you know what? Prison Mike was cringy, but what about um, like dating date night Mike? Date Mike? Oh god. Oh. Nick, no. But for those that don't know, Nick is currently uh, he's currently f- for the first time watching through the American version of The Office. Yes. Yeah. Season eight now. Oh man, you're getting it like fucking hell, smashed through it. Yeah. So you're on the saber bit at the moment. I've watched it so many times. Uh, just finished the saber. Just wrapped up saber. Now. Nice. Nice. Anyway, let's, let's not, not talk about the office. That's for our other podcast, the Office Cast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hello. <laughs> well, anyway, um, that is it. Thank you very much for your letters. I feel like uh, yeah, you guys stumbled across some uh, stuff. Stumbled. You guys gave us some very good advice there, and uh, 
Lots of mm. Food for Thought. I oh, think, yeah. yeah, you know, if 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 you out there listeners are going to play uh, play an evil campaign, do it. It's fun. It's really fun because it's yep. very cathartic totally. to play characters that are bad. It, it, it's yes, especially it during is. lockdown when we played Tough Guys and we were just playing arseholes and we could get somebody anger out. Do you know what I mean? It's good. Yeah, yeah. Totally. But just make sure it's nuanced. And to do that, make sure your campaign is nuanced and make sure the characters uh, just chat to your players, you know? Yeah, absolutely. All right, should we do an outro, lads? Oh, yes, please. Mm, yes. Mm, yes. Okay, here we are in the outro. Uh, <laughs> right, how do you think that went? Oh, pretty evil. It was pretty evil. It was a collection of sounds. We can say that, can't we? That's for sure. Yeah, we certainly can. We can. Tasty, tasty. I think it was um, a very lovely discussion, and I hope that everyone took away some really nice tips. Thank you mm. for main listening. Tip, the main tip being, don't listen to this show anymore. <laughs> it's a so, crock of shit. Oh, no, do. Do listen to the show. <laughs> I mean, do. no, hold on. That's the wrong one. Oh, yeah. Wait yeah, a minute. No. Slow down. It's a pot of gold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pot of gold. And uh, speaking of pots of gold, uh, go over to Patreon and search for the 3T RPG podcast, because... We need the money, mate. All right, the studio's fallen apart. Come Somehow on, it's turned mate. into a baby's room. I don't know what's yeah, happened there. Yeah, I don't know how that's happened. So we're going to have to remodel this sh- fucking place. Um, and we've got some Patreon content coming. Oh, yeah, we do. I was supposed to be doing that today. I hmm. forgot about that. Well, well, we'll do it now. We'll do it after this. Okay. We'll just do, we'll do like half hour, if you guys half can manage hour. it. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're, gonna, yeah, we're doing Patreon-exclusive episodes. I know we said early on that we'd never gate any content behind a paywall, but to, in our defence, we're going to do off-topic episodes on Patreon where we talk about out, like off-topic shit that's not to do with RPGs. So it's technically exactly. not a 3T podcast, but it's going to be us three discussing some, some off-topic shit. shizzle. Yeah. Random yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah and... Um, so I suppose... I suppose as as a uh, you know if if you like as patrons if you like it then give us topics to discuss next. Oh time. yes, yeah. I mean uh, that's that's hopefully what we're going to do. If you are a patron at any level, you can suggest for us topics. This time we're going to be talking about pet ownership. Um, it's going to be about half an hour of pet ownership. And um, mm. if you want to give us any topic, it could be anything from paper clips to Barack Obama to men sure most sense original dried deodorant. Oh, very nice. Or maybe beef, beef stroganoff mm. or uh, Casio calculators. Beef stroganoff is a good one. All right, mm. but yeah, any of those topics. And also, we're on Facebook. Uh, the email address is 3TRPGpod at gmail.com. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I've been Harrison Hunt. I've been Nick Lamb Slicicle. And I've been James Pumpkin. And just remember that D20s are cool, but 20Ds, now that is a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Daddy, we're coming. (laughs) All right. Shut up. Shut up.